Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right. We're here again. God bless you. This is Praise Tabernacle Tuesday Night Bible Study, and we greet you in the name of Jesus. So glad for all of you that have tuned in and those that will be uh, coming in uh, throughout the study. We have a great study on tonight, a great teacher, a great panel that's going to be supporting our teacher on tonight, as always. And we're just so grateful for everyone that's tuning in. We're grateful to God for another opportunity just to bring forth the Word of God. And hopefully we know that somebody tonight will be healed, delivered, and set free through the teaching of the gospel. And we are just so excited about what God is doing in our midst. And I just want to thank the new panel, uh, those that are new that's on here. They've been doing such a wonderful job. And I'm grateful to God for surrounding us with a great group of people that's, uh, that's eager to learn and eager to share the gospel. And we're just so grateful for the panel. And without further ado, we're going to say a quick word of prayer. And then our teacher of the hour is none other than Minister Kevin Tober. Uh, that young man told the church up on Sunday. And when I say told the church up, I mean told the church up. I mean, we're still trying to rebuild it now. Uh, we got the construction crew at the church now just trying to piece it together, and they told me there's nothing really that they can do uh, anymore. So y'all just pray that we're able to try to have church together in that building on Sunday. Maybe we can get some some tape or something to try to repair it. But uh, Father, in Jesus' name, God, we just thank you for another opportunity. Pray now that you will touch, heal, and bless us on tonight through the teaching of your word. Touch our teacher as he lead us throughout this hour and touch the panel and those that are tuning in. We thank you and we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Mr. Tobert, service is into your hand. All right. All right. Um, thank you, Pastor. Thank you for that intro. And after that, I, I better be able to teach on the night. So thank um, <laughs> you all bear with me on the night. Um, you know, he set the stage for it, but I, I promise you all uh, we're going to go somewhere great tonight to be able to get a better understanding on the word and a better understanding on who Jesus really is and learn a little bit more about him. So if everyone tuning in will turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Again, Luke chapter 9, and we're going to start at verse 18. And typically, when I do my messages, um, I would normally, you know, kind of go through the word and pick uh, one scripture in particular to pertain to the topic. But when I tell you this time, it's going to be the whole thing. The topic is the whole lesson. So, my topic for today is that's not it, and my subtopic is it's more to it than that. 
So we put it all together, it reads, that's not it. It's more to it than that. So this message has a theme of that's not it, as in there's more to come. Today we will see how Jesus dealt with the disciples and helped their development as Christians. In this chapter, it starts with Jesus sending his disciples on their first ministry tour. And when they returned from their journey, they had an experience with Jesus feeding more than 5,000. After some time passes, we get to our current scripture lesson in verse 18 when things began to go to a new level. And the word reads, And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? They answered, said, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others say that one of the old prophets has uh, is risen again. So the scripture opens up with Jesus praying, which he did often, which shows evidence that we have to have a good prayer life. Even Jesus, being the son of God, prayed to God often. So we have to do the same because we have to be just like Jesus. We have to be good examples. Amen. So now let's look at let's look at this. So when Jesus asked the question, whom the people, whom say the people that I am, this question wasn't asked for him or his benefit. No, that's not it. It's more to it than that. See, he already knew what the answer was. But this was for a teaching moment for the disciples. They needed to understand who Jesus really is, and it's all a part of the plan. So when the disciples answered the question, they told Jesus what was said while they were out witnessing, which, which is the same report, if you look back earlier in the chapter, that was given back to Herod, to King Herod. Um, some say Elias, and there's other prophets, uh, the old prophets, some say John the Baptist. So evidently, even when the disciples went out on their first mission, it wasn't only about witnessing. It was more to it than that. It helped line up things and lead to where we are at this point where we see it was all a part of God's plan. So we realize that even though it happened um, that we had a scenario beforehand, it all led to where we are right now in the scriptures. And verse 20, he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Peter answering said, the Christ of God. And he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing. Now in verse 20, Jesus is asking them, more a direct and personal question this time. So we've already asked about what the people say, but whom say ye that I am? Peter gives the best answer possible by recognizing and, and, and acknowledging who Jesus really is. In another account of the gospel, um, I believe it's in Matthew 16, Jesus responds and says, flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, 
but by my Father which is in heaven. So it doesn't matter what people say about Jesus. What is, what is important is that we individually understand that Jesus is exactly who he say he is. So he is the Son of God, and through him salvation has become available. This was a great question with an even greater answer by Peter because he knew and understood the assignment. But that's not it. It's more to it than that. Because even for us, we can apply to our lives right now, and we can say, well, I hear what people say about me on the streets. We hear about what the word on the street is about me. But for those that are close to me, what do y'all think? Do y'all know who I really am? Have I shown y'all enough to know Without a doubt, I am better than the reports because that's personal, and sometimes it gets personal, and we have to be personal with God, and God can get personal with us. So on the other side, sometimes we have to get personal with our close circle and ask these type of questions with the example that I'm saying because Jesus is directing this within the folks that are close around him, within the disciples. Anybody got anything to add at this point? Open the floor to the panel. Yeah, I I would like to say, Doc, you you working already? Uh, so like you just picking up from where you was yesterday. It's very important that we know who who we are, whose we are, and who's in our circle. It's very important, and, and that's a question that you you brought it out, but that's a question that we ought to consider asking those that we consider close friends. You know, right. some of us don't want to ask that question because we, we don't really want to know the truth. I mean, we know, some of us know we're a mess and know we messed it or whatever, so we really don't want to ask that question because uh, we don't want to hear, don't want to hear the, the real truth about who, how other people see us and how other folks uh, view us. So it's, it's very important that we ask that, that question amongst those that we consider close friends because we, we could be doing something and living a certain way or whatever, you know, in church and then amongst the church folk, and we could be doing it a certain way, but how do we act? Uh, you know, in the in the street or on the job, you know, ask some of your coworkers sometimes, what do you think about me? You know, ask those in the house, you know, ask those that, because as I often say, it's a lot of us, we know how to live and we know how to do the church thing, but what about at home? You know, ask your wife, you know, ask your children, ask your husband. Uh, ask your kinfolk, you know, how do you, you know, am I really, when you see me, am I really a model of Christ? When you see me, when you see the way I live, when you see the way I maneuver, when you hear the way I talk, am I really modeling Christ? Can you see Christ in my life? So, uh, Doc, you 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 really bringing out something that's, that's touching me already because it, it is important what others say about you. It is important what others think about you. 
So, yeah, that's that's my Absolutely. little comment. Absolutely, and, and Pastor, that's, that's spot on. Um, thank you for you know helping being able to bring that even more to life. But it, like you said, it is important what people think about you and stuff like that. And it's very important for you to get an understanding of that and, you know, to, to put the reality out there, as we'll see, you know, because, you, you know, you can have a perception and people can perceive you a certain way and think that you're a certain way, but what about that reality? Because that reality is what's important. That reality, people can think and say whatever, but what's the reality? Who are you? Really, who, who, who are you? You know, so that's where we have to ask those type of questions. And before I go any further, was there anyone else that had a, had a question? I mean, not a question, I mean a comment. I'm sorry. All right. Now, in verse 21, Jesus told them not to tell anyone about this. If we look at verse 21, and he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing. So, and obviously, it was very important because he charged them and commanded them according to the scripture. That's what it says, right? Not to say anything about who he is. So that showed a level of authority because he not only charged them, but then he commanded them. So Jesus is already, just in that small sense right there, is already showing, okay, He's showing who he is right there to a degree before he really shows who he is. Amen. But and Jesus wasn't telling them not to say anything just for no reason. No, that's not it. It's more to it than that. Verse 22, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Jesus is now revealing why he didn't want them to say anything about who he really is. It's because there was still work to be done. His mission wasn't complete yet, and if folks knew and understood more of of his mission, someone may try to get in the way, may try to stop it. But you can't stop what God has planned. It was written, and it shall come to pass. To support what I'm saying in Matthew 16, uh, 22 through 23, Peter himself rebuked the Lord after revealing this, and Jesus famously told him, get thee behind me, Satan. So this was all because Peter didn't want that to happen to Jesus, how Jesus foretold of his death and what, what was going to happen because of his connection. He didn't want that to happen. He didn't want Jesus to go through that. He didn't understand that it was deeper than that because that's not it. It's more to it than that. And there's a scripture that better explains this for us in Galatians 4, 4 through 5. It says, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So if this doesn't come to pass, then we can't be adopted into sonship of the Lord. So it was deeper than that, what Peter could understand at the moment. It was deeper than that. It was a, it was a, a design plan 
But, of course, him having a relationship with Jesus, he didn't want to see Jesus go through that. He didn't want to hear, hear about that. So that's why he said what he said. But thank God for Jesus sticking to the plan because now salvation has become available to all. Verse 23. Preacher, and preacher. he said, yes, sir. Uh, uh, Lord, man, listen, look, real quick. That's why you got to be careful yes, who's in your ear. Yes. Okay? That's the simple reason why you have to be careful who's in your ear, who you lend your ear to, the information that you receive. Because right. lending your ear to the wrong person can talk you out of your destiny, can talk you out of your future, can talk you out of your blessing. Lending your ear to the wrong person can talk you out of your ministry. So it's important, man. You just hit something that done stirred up me. It's important that we be careful who we lend our ear to. That's it. Go ahead, man. You you work in the night, Doc. Oh, thank, thank you. God be the glory. And and like I said, that's that's spot on. You know, we like you said, got to be careful who we lend our ear to. And throughout this message, it's going to be even more things that are more touching and more eye-opening for us, even though, you know, we, we've heard these scriptures before, but it's great to be able to pull out different things like how you just pulled out and, and for us to be aware of certain things that affect us now. You know, how does this apply to us now? You know, and, and thank you for bringing that out for us right now. Anybody else that want to bring anything out, please let me know before I go forward. All right. Verse 23. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Within these two scriptures, Jesus is revealing that we have to have selflessness. So we have to be selfless. It can't be about everything that we want it to be about and what we can do, what we want to do, but it's about what he wants and what he wants us to do. We have to follow Christ daily. So daily, we have to deny our routines, and different things to be able to follow him. On another note, we can't be more concerned about saving our lives physically than saving our lives spiritually. Spiritually, Jesus will save our lives, but all we have to do is accept him, follow him, pick up our cross daily, putting aside the cares of this world. So, so far, for those that think, you know, that this present life is more important, they will do any and everything to protect it. But on the other end, following Jesus is going to be the most important thing for those that uh, deny themselves and pick up their cross daily. 
And maybe we may have some ups and downs in the middle of while we're picking up our cross daily. We may go through some things when we have to do that, but you already know how the story ends for you. It ends with you in an eternity with the Lord. See, this lesson points out the balance and struggles between losing and gaining. We talked about some of it, but that's not it. It's more to it than that. Verse 25, I am going to let you all in. Verse 25, for what is it advantage if he gain the world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me in my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his glory and in his Father's name of the holy angels. Amen. But when I read over this scripture, also like in 26, we can't be ashamed of Jesus because if you're ashamed of him, then he'll be ashamed of you. Remember, as I said earlier, it's a balance between losing and gaining. So you may be ashamed of him in front of others because it may cause you to lose some friends. But you don't want but you don't gain nothing but a bunch of fake friends and you lose your soul. So those folks like that have to be careful. So you got to get your balance together because it's better to lose friends and anything else in this world than to lose Jesus because it ain't worth it. Now in verse seven, I mean verse twenty seven, Jesus begins to shift gears and let some of them in on a little secret. Verse 27, um, well, you know, I ain't going to go there that, that, that fast. I'm sorry. Anyone got any comments before I go there? Um, I want to make a comment. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah, I can hear Okay. I just want to uh, piggyback off of what you um, have said in reference to sacrifice. So um, every day we need to evaluate what we're doing. Like every day, uh, there's a daily sacrifice that we should be doing consistently, um, even throughout the day. And what kept coming to my mind is count up the cost. And so is what you're doing worth it? Is it getting you closer to heaven or closer to hell? So we should be evaluating that pretty much every decision we make. is like, okay, is this going to edify the, the kingdom of God or is this going to do something to bring a different result. So I just want to add, a, add that little part in there for um, for my take so far. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Anybody else? Okay. Thank you for that, for that comment to be able to bring out the scriptures, to be able to get a better understanding on what the Lord is saying throughout those last few verses. Um, Look at verse 27. But I tell you of a truth, there shall be, I'm sorry, but I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. So now in verse 27, Jesus begins to shift gears and let some of them in on a little secret. As I was about to say earlier, he says, 
there be some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. Surely they didn't know what Jesus was about to do. You know, they may have been thinking that he was about to do something else. They may have thought that it was going to go down a certain way. But I'm here to tell you that that's not it. It was more to it than that. Verse 28, and it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked talk with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, there's a lot that transpired in just those few verses that it's so much that we can bring out from that point because we went from where we were, where Jesus was dealing with the disciples and telling them uh, that we have to pick up our cross, amen, and, of course, deny ourselves. So it shows that it is a daily walk. And from there, we have to make a choice to choose Jesus every day. And also, we have to understand that we have to make a choice to to not try to save our own selves, save our own lives, but allow us to live a life of Christ. So regardless of whatever we do here on earth, we know that our reward is in heaven. We know who we are, and we know whose we are. So before we even get into all of that, we got to understand what led us to this point. And we got to understand that it's all about having that continued connection with God. So continuously, we have to align ourselves up with Christ, align ourselves up with the Word of God, make sure that we are in deep connection with God. So this, just within the few verses, we have to understand where we are and understand that it is very important for us to stay connected to our power source, and our power source is Jesus. So the more we become connected, the better off we'll be. And I do have more to say on what I just read, but before I get too ahead of myself, Pastor, um, if you're on, I'll go ahead and take the break right now. Okay. Yeah, man. Oh, I tell you, this this is like a good movie, you know, when it gets a good TV show. It gets real good towards the end, and you're they take a commercial and you're so excited about what's getting ready to happen, and then when they come back, you know time is winding up, but then then they say to be continued. So let me let me do this real quick because I want to I want to love you you working good. I want to get to the rest of this. I want to get to the rest of this. Amen. Those of you that are listening tonight, if you would like to give, as we have done uh, since we have started back our Tuesday night Bible studies live, we're going to give you the uh, option of. Uh, extended arms or the church or both. Uh, what I've been trying to do 
uh, is do a little bit to both uh, whenever I have a have a opportunity to. So uh, not going to, you know, say the Lord told me to tell you this, that, and the other. Just want to give you the opportunity. If you would like to give something tonight to Extended Arms, uh, the cash app for Extended Arms is dollar sign E-A Ministry. Once again, that's dollar sign E-A Ministry. And that would go right to our Extended Arms uh, Ministry. That's our outreach program uh, where we feed and uh, give, uh, you know, help support our local community, uh, different families that are in need, uh, not just in our church, but in our community. That's the uh, that's the umbrella of our ministry. That's under the umbrella of Praise Tabernacle Church, should I say? And you can support that. Uh, Lady Oliver and Elder Oliver, they are pretty much heading that uh, part up. So if you would like to give, you can do so, dollar sign EA Ministry. Or if you would like to give a donation to our local church, uh, that is dollar sign PTC 877. Once again, that is dollar sign PTC 877. That will go directly to our church, Praise Tabernacle Church. And whichever way, or, you know, if you're able to, we are grateful. If you're not, we're grateful. Just continue to keep us lifted in prayer. And may the Lord bless you real good. Minister Tober, services is back in your hands. God bless. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor, um, for uh, putting us in in the play right there with, uh, with what you were saying. I'm sorry. Um, and just picking up where we left off. I'm going to reread verse 28 on down. Uh, For those, if you tuned in in the middle, uh, we see that we ended at verse uh, 27 before, and then I read a little further down up to, I believe, 31. Uh, But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God, then 28, and it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, going on just a little further, but Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were awake, they saw his glory in the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. So going back to the beginning, after eight days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him, and these are who we can speculate to be a part of his inner circle because they were the only ones that were fortunate enough 
to see Jesus in his full glory. What made this even more special was the fact that Jesus brought out some special guests, so to speak, which was Moses and Elias or Elijah. Now, we got to remember that when Jesus asked the report on whom the people say I am, Elias was one of the ones mentioned by name in the scripture earlier in the chapter, like verse 8, and also says one of the old prophets was risen again. So here we have Jesus in his glory speaking with Elias and Moses, one of the most important prophets besides the Lord, of course, um, and they're present and recognizing and, and they're present and recognizable to folks, to, uh, to, to the disciples that are there. So that shows God's power right there. Before we get into other things, they're recognizable. Now, these individuals have already went on, but you're telling me that now they're present with the Lord in his glory, and they're recognizable to people that never saw them before. So now Peter, James, and John were asleep, but when they woke up, it was a sight to see. The Lord in his glory and Elias and Moses. Peter, Peter was caught off guard so much so that he responded, and he wanted to make three tabernacles not knowing what he said. So he didn't understand what was going on. He just spoke. He saw something. He saw what was in front of him, and he just spoke. And, and, and not understanding the moment that was right in front of him, which would catch him off guard, you, te- you mean to tell me that the person that I had been with is really who he say he is? He is the son of God? And you begin to see that he is the son of God? And that's proof right there before we get into other proof that he is the son of God? So that caught him by surprise. So they're perplexed, so to speak. And that's why it caught him off guard so much that he said what he said by wanting to build three tabernacles because he just didn't even know what to do, what to say. And honestly, if a lot of us was in that situation, we wouldn't know what to say or what to do. So floor is open for those that want to comment at this point on what we just read and from 28 down to 33 before we get ready to finish out. Uh, brother, brother preacher, I, I, I don't want to go in front of you. Uh, these scriptures that you have, uh, first of all, we see Peter, <laughs> he, he really couldn't hold he couldn't hold himself. He he just had to. That's right. <laughs> he had to say something. He had to talk. I mean, you know, we we see where he said one good thing that thou art the Christ. But then we 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 see where he rebukes Jesus. You know, we see where he did something else. That that we hearing him. You know, which like you said, you know, we may have we might have done the same thing. Let's build three. Uh, you know, let's build three churches, one for Tobert, one for Zachary, <laughs> one for Oliver. You know, let's build let's build three three churches, you know. Now I don't you didn't get to the part where 
no, you haven't gotten that part. So I'm, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait because I, I want to say something else. But you might bring it out. But I don't think you got to that scripture yet when God speaks. So, you know, we just gotta mm-hmm. be careful. You know, when and and we all are guilty of having that Peter moment. You know, I know we harp on Peter a lot, but we all are guilty of having that. Uh, speaking out of time, you know, speaking, you know, well, I just had to say it. Well, somebody had to say it, so it had to be me. No, you don't have to say everything. And everything that comes up does not have to come out. And like I said, Sunday, after you preached that message, you know, I won't complain. Uh, You know, I got up and I I don't apologize when I said shut up. You know, we, we, we need to learn to just sometimes shut up just shut up you know you don't know everything you don't know what you're talking about and sometimes we talk we're not in the right spirit and yes we all are guilty of that so when i'm saying uh we go from uh not complaining to stop complaining based on your message that goes for all of us some things we just we don't have to comment about everything we just need to learn to be quiet so yeah man you you're doing good man I appreciate that, Pastor. Yes, sir. Um, I 100% agree as to what we are talking about. Like, we got to realize that we are, you know, a lot of folks are really closer related to Peter than anybody in the Bible because of just knowing that we'll make some mistakes and do some things and also we'll be on point, as you pointed out. You know, Peter was, was on point with recognizing who Jesus was, but we saw some times where he stumbled even throughout this scripture. But, you know, that's where a lot of us are, where sometimes we on point, sometimes we up, and sometimes we down. Sometimes we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. And as we saw in the scripture, he just he just didn't know what he was getting himself into. And he just said what he said. And that's what, where a lot of us are in our lives sometimes. And also, before, you know, I go too far, you know, if anybody else want to join in, like I say, um, it's a lot in that, but we're almost done. So that would be the opportunity if you want to get in on this part before we go to the next part. So if anybody hey, got uh, I was about to say Elder Tolbert. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> I will um, – make a, a comment um one thing that well a lot everything is 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 a blessing on tonight but one thing that you said is that you have to be plugged in to the power source and one thing about this um that stood out to me that i just I'm like i just got to share this part is that so many times you can be plugged in but situations come or people come in your circle to distract you and to throw you off of your game I listen to my, um, throughout my, my children, they're, you know, they're very athletic playing sports. And then I always hear my husband telling them it's mental. They're trying to get into your head, you know, keep your head in the game. And I would use that as for when you get unplugged from Jesus Christ, the, the giver, and you lose focus because of the people in your circle and that lifeline is gone. So now you are dying a slow death. So let's not get unplugged. Let's stay in tune. And I'm like, was Peter in tune? Like, what was going on with Peter? You know, just, just, you know, just thinking of that. But you have to stay in tune and do not get off of that lifeline. 
Because once you get disconnected from that lifeline, which is Jesus Christ, you're going to die a slow death. Amen, amen. Thank you for that comment, First Lady. I, I agree. Like you said, we, we got to stay in tune. We got to make sure that we are connected with God, you know, because the moment we get disconnected, that's when, you know, a lot of things can happen. That's when that's when we're subject, of course, to the attacks of the enemy anyway because, of, you know, we don't have that protection with God. You know, even though we understand that things are going to happen, we're going to have some ups and downs, but at the end of the day, it's a lot better when we got God on our side. When you got Jesus on your side, it's a lot easier to deal with the cares of the world and different things that's going on. Um, just like how, you know, we brought out earlier in the scripture, you know, for I think it's um, verse 24, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose it uh, will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. So we understand that, you know, it's different things that's going to happen, but we got to have that balance to be able to know that, hey, I may lose a little bit out here on the earth. I may have some different things that I'm going to struggle with on the earth, but I got Jesus on my side, so I'm going to win at the end because I chose Jesus. But if I do it the other way, I'm going to have some problems. If I do it the other way, you're going to be up now, and then you're going to be down later, meaning that you got so much now that you ain't going to have nothing later. And I believe I may have um, spoken on that earlier. Anybody else? All right. Verse 32 on down. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass, as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias, not knowing what he had said. See, like we said, Peter had spoke out of turn, and he was caught off guard, and he just responded, and he wanted to make three tabernacles, not knowing what he had said. But, see, that's not it. It was more to it than that. It gets even deeper. Verse 34, while he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice of the and, the and when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone and they kept it close and told and, and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. So in verse thirty four through thirty five this is when God puts a step on Jesus, so to speak. When the disciples that were there, Peter, James, and John, realized who he was. So in other words, it wasn't about Elias. It wasn't about Moses. It wasn't about John the Baptist or any of the other prophets that folks were talking about all the way before this. This was all about Jesus 
and this puts a stamp on Jesus, this shows who he really is because God came and said, no, hear him. You heard what other folks were saying, no, hear him. So we're putting a, God is, I mean, God is putting a stamp on Jesus on who he is. And that they, as a collective, Peter, James, and John, were in a blessed position in the first place to be able to witness what they did witness. So they were, like I would like to say, in his inner circle. And they were blessed because they were close enough to Jesus to be able to have an experience with Jesus. But there's no way that they knew that they were about to experience what they just experienced, being able to see Jesus in his full glory. So Jesus was transfigured in front of them. And not only that, you get an experience with God putting a step on who Jesus really is, solidifying that he is the son of God. So it is very important for us to know who he is, just like they got that understanding because God came and spoke and spoke a word and solidified who Jesus was. We got to know who Jesus is as well. Any comments? Yes. Yeah, man. Uh, Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, see, I, I I was able to try to hold my hold my mule uh, till you got to this point uh, about God speaking out. Um, it's very important, first of all, that we understand this audience is still a Jewish. It's a Jewish audience uh, that was still following the law. Remember, the church, in its essence, didn't. Uh, the New Testament church didn't really start until Acts. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, the, and, well, the synopsis, it's a synopsis, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John, uh, we are still dealing with the law and the prophets. Uh, we're still dealing with a temple, you know, um, uh, and the different rituals, you still got your Pharisees, your, your scribes, your Sadducees. So even in Jesus' time, you still had the different feasts. So the, the New Testament church had not established, was not established at this point. As we stated, that didn't come to Acts, uh, you know, to, to Acts, uh, which Luke wrote Acts also. So what this also represents, when you talk about, on the mount, you have Moses and Elijah, or Elias, uh, Elijah uh, represents the law, which Moses represented the law, which the law was given by God to the, to the Jews, and then Elijah represents the prophets. So we understand, and I think it was, I was trying to find it real quick, Matthew, um, yeah, Matthew 5 and 17 Matthew, let me make sure. Yeah, Matthew 5 and 17 says, think not, this is Jesus talking. He says, think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. But he says, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So this was a fulfillment of, for the Jewish people, which at this time we know Matthew, I mean, uh, Peter, James, and John, the inner circle that was going to pretty much spearhead the church 
and spreading the gospel along with, we know, the other disciples or apostles, and then along with Apostle Paul coming in. But this was the highlight moment where God stamps, as you just said, preacher, God stamps who Jesus is. And he's fulfilled the law, meaning everything that y'all was saying about Moses, everything, y'all are, uh, all the, the festivals and all the laws of Moses, and then the prophets, all that, that the prophets had spoke, Jesus fulfilled. <laughs> Man, I'm about to get happy again. He fulfilled what Moses was doing and what Moses did, and he fulfilled what Elijah and Jeremiah and Isaiah and Habakkuk and all these, Zephaniah and Zechariah. He fulfilled everything from the prophets to the law or from the law to the prophets was fulfilled in Jesus. We don't have to look nowhere else. We, we don't have to, you know, there, there are some churches that, that try to go back and relive uh, the Jewish stuff. You got your Hebrew Israelites and you got your other folks that want to go back and try to relive and redo, uh, you know, the Jewish things. But we don't have to do that. Everything, our sufficiency is in Jesus Christ. You want to fulfill the law? You do what Jesus said do. You want to fulfill the prophets? You do what Jesus said do. And, and that's where our salvation, that's where our hope is, that's where our future is, uh, that's where our ministry is, everything we need. We are sufficient, as my wife said, if we stay connected, if we stay plugged in to Jesus Christ. So Moses and Elijah, yeah, they were great men, but God said, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. You do what he tell you to do. If you do what he tell you to do, you'll automatically fulfill the law. If you do what he tell you to do, you'll automatically fulfill the prophets. So, man, I tell you what, you done work tonight. God bless you. Thank you for that opportunity. Go ahead, preacher. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, and before I say anything, any anybody else, Okay, so I, I do have a comment. Um, it's it's a great lesson, and I don't mean to go backwards in the lesson, but it's just a lot to unpack, and I had to collect my thoughts. So I think it's important that Jesus was asking the people, hey, well, who do the crowd think I am? Who do you guys think I am? It wasn't that he was ignorant or that he did not know. He wanted to get a feel for what was going on. So before they could tell the people about Jesus, the disciples needed to really learn about him. So the fulfillment of the plan for salvation, um, and a reference scripture for that would be first Peter one and twenty. So Christ had foretold about the rejection that he faced and the death on the cross and about his resurrection. Christ was already chosen before the world was even made. Take up your cross. Um, affliction will come. How will you handle it? So I feel that that's forgiveness, that's grace, and that's love. So, again, I don't mean to, you know, go backwards, but it was just so much here to unpack that I had to collect my thoughts and 
you know, worded properly. So good job tonight, Minister Tolbert. Um, thank you so much for the comment um, to be able to put everything in perspective because um, it may be someone else that tuned in a little bit later and didn't hear all of it to uh, begin with. So that helps line up everything. So all comments are necessary to be able to get us to the point where we all understand what's going on, whether we're at the end of the lesson, middle, beginning, doesn't matter. It all helps to be able to get us to the point as to where we are. I just didn't want to leave anyone out from where we are right now to be able to understand that, you know, like Pastor said, you know, God is saying, no, listen to Jesus, you know. So at that moment, he's putting a stamp on him, um, of course, and saying that he is, of course, more important than everybody else, all the ones that we recognize or they recognize to be great, especially, you know, with Moses and the prophets and everybody else. No, this is who we all need to know and understand because for us, salvation goes through Christ. So there was a greater plan even afterwards. So we got to know that that's why, and I'm going to go back as well, that's why even in verse 22 when he was saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. See, even at that moment, we got to realize that it's more to it than what we may have thought. It was way more to it than that because Jesus had to do what he had to do. Jesus had to come and fulfill the law and and nail all of that to the cross so that we can even have the opportunity so that we can even be accepted, we can have that right to be able to get to God, to get to Jesus. So all of it was all a part of the plan from beginning to the end. So we're just seeing how it happened, and luckily for Peter, James, and John, they were blessed to be able to see what they saw. They were able to see Jesus transfigured. So without a shadow of a doubt, They knew who Jesus was, you know. Um, They didn't have to speculate anymore. They knew who Jesus was because he showed them who he was. Now, whether you forget down the line, that's on you. But you know, at that point, you know who Jesus is. Anybody else got anything to say? Um, this This is pretty much it from here. So regardless of what people say, regardless of what they may have thought, Jesus showed, proved, and revealed that that's not it. It was more to it than that, that this was a greater plan, and God's plan had to be fulfilled. And that, and that's it for me, Pastor. I, I'll turn it over to you for any other comments. God be the glory. Yes, I have a comment. Um, I agree with everyone. It, it was a lot to unpack tonight. Um, and it makes me wonder when Peter said, you know, let's make three shelters as memorials. I'm reading from the NLT version. But it makes me wonder, was there, even though he had seen what Jesus did and he knew who he was, was there that little bit of fear why he just blurted that out? But sometimes, you know, you get used 
you're in a situation or um, around a lot of people and, you know, you might be, they, they might be talking over you or sounding a lot more um, educated than you. And, you know, you can't just sit back and not say anything. You got to make yourself look good. So I'm wondering, did he have like that little fear in him? Like, let me say something right now, you know, whether or not they paid him any attention but it's like it seems like he just blurted that out, you know, out of fear. And then when um, the cloud overshadowed them and they were all gripped with fear, you know, they they finally saw Jesus and they were like, wow, and they couldn't say anything. And then once um, the voice came, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And then it was like, okay, there's nothing else to be said. And I feel like Jesus, God put God puts us in situations, and He does not leave us by our, but He gives us enough to say, okay, stand up. Okay, I'm I'm giving you enough to hold you up. Now, you do your part. So I think that's. For me, um, even, and I always reference back to the classrooms and all of that, like tomorrow is my chance to kind of stand up because my co-teacher won't be there. So there's going to be a sub. And this class, and I had shared this with um, First Lady, this class is a headache for me. And I sit back, I don't say a whole lot, and then when I have had enough, it's like a Coke bottle. I let it all out. So tomorrow I think is going to be my my uh, time to stand up. And, you know, God has given me a lot, and it's going to be my time to stand up and say, okay, I got to put into some things. So that's, how I, that's what I got out of it. Amen. All right. All right, listen. I I I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say Peter was scared when he spoke because we saw we we see what happened once he got scared once God once the cloud came and God spoke out of the cloud then fear fell on them so you know mm-hmm. Peter just had it was just his personality uh, is what I would say it was because as we as we so just in these this passage of scripture, there was several times that he that he spoke that he just you know he was he was a you know he was one of those persons that we all may have somebody like that in our family that you know really don't have a filter you know they you when they talk you you kind of cringe because you never know uh, what they're gonna say. You know, and, you know. I mean, they have a pattern of that. And Peter, uh, he just showed a pattern of that. But we can we can definitely see in Scripture where fear fell on them once the cloud came and once God, you know, once God spoke. But uh, you know, it was just his his personality. You have some people that they're quiet, and that's just them. That's that's how they are. You know, uh, you have to make them say something. Then you have others that. You have to make them shut up, you know, or try to, 
and even in trying, they they still gonna find something to say. So, um, you know, you you walk tomorrow in the classroom, you walk in the authority that God has given you. You know, you you are there for a reason, and there are times where God, as you stated, will put us in situations where He wants us to speak up. There are times uh, when when Peter spoke up when he said. Thou art the Christ. You're, you're the son of, of, of the living God. And Jesus said, well, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter, but my father. Okay, so, yeah, that was the right time to speak. And when Peter spoke then, he wasn't speaking in himself. As Jesus said, my father has revealed that. Uh, the Holy Ghost has revealed that. So uh, there are times where we, where we can just be quiet, and there are times where God will move in us. Uh, I've preached so many messages, and folks have thought, uh, people have told me about what's going on, whether it's in their bedroom or, uh, <laughs> you know, on their job or wherever. And I'm like, I, first of all, I don't want to know what's going on in your bedroom. Second of all, ain't nobody told me nothing. This is just what God, God knew who was going to hear, and he knew what they needed to hear. So you, you speak in the authority that God gives you. You know, even on tomorrow and even on the panel, y'all, you know, y'all y'all have come a long way in just these four or five weeks. So y'all keep keep speaking in the authority that God has given, and don't be ashamed, don't be bashful. You know, we have power, we have authority through Jesus Christ. Minister Tobit, great job. Panel, great job on tonight. Even the question, uh, I think that was Sister Oglesby at the end, great question, uh, you know, I appreciate y'all as the pastor. As I say every week, y'all make me look real good. Y'all make me look like I'm kind of smart. Uh, so I, I really do appreciate y'all um, that's on. Listen, this has been another great Bible study. And as always, as always, Minister Tobert has outdone himself once again. And he's given us a lot of uh, meat. We, we didn't deal with a lot of milk tonight. We got a lot of meat uh, that challenges us to live according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just on Sundays, but every day. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, meet us back here on Sunday morning. Sunday morning will be our third Sunday fellowship. Our children will be singing, and we'll be praising God and my beautiful, lovely wife, my better half. Some folks say the fragrance of the church. Amen. That's what some folks say, uh, you know, but she's my fragrance. Yes, she is. I'll be home in a minute, baby. But, uh, yeah, uh, she's going to be bringing forth the word. I'm so excited. Thank God for the growth in her. Thank God for the growth in Sister Oliver. Thank God for the growth in Sister Tober. Thank God for the growth in Sister Oglesby. Minister Tober, you just keep on growing. You just keep on growing. You, you got your big Big pants on now. Don't let nobody tell you anything different. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Father, we thank you. We, we glorify you. We appreciate you for allowing us to have this study. Uh, alone, the title of That's Not It is more to it than that. And help us to understand. Help us to get the fulfillment, the fullness of this message on tonight. Somebody may even need to go back and reread it again and read it again that the Holy Ghost can reveal to him or her in its entirety what you're saying to the church. And we thank you and we honor you. We glorify you as we leave this place, but never your presence. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 tells us to go ye therefore and teach all nations.
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. God bless you. And, Sister Oliver, thank you so much for hosting on tonight. Y'all have a blessed evening. Good night.